0: As we've been mentioning throughout this morning, we're starting a series today called Scars. And the basic idea of this is just facing the truth that as we live our lives, we all suffer and endure and receive scars. Uh, Things that we do, things that happen to us, all those kinds of things that happen in our lives. As you hear the title, you maybe think about scars. You, you, You were playing football and you have a scar in your knee or from a surgery or the wounds that words cause. We also want to see in this series, it's not just going to be about us and admitting and coming face to face with the fact that we suffer and endure scars, but also realizing that Jesus did too. And then bringing those two things together and hanging on to what Isaiah said by wounds, we are healed. So, finding healing for our scars, filing healing for our, from our woundedness and the wounds of Christ. And, and today, the, the specific scar, if you want to call it, that is—we're really thinking about the weight, and the burden of the responsibility. It's not perhaps a scar in, in the normal sense of the idea of scar, but but considering how. I should be poetic. Get me on a metronome. But in this series, we want to consider how these two things. The wounds, of our wounds, and the wounds of Jesus, how we find healing in those, and how Jesus today, the weight of responsibility that we all bear, how Jesus carries that weight and carries us as we carry it ourselves. The the gospel for us today is from Luke chapter 22. Out of respect for the words of Jesus, please stand. And one of our traditions here at Mount Lebanon is after we hear the gospel, after we read it, I'll say, this is the gospel of the Lord, and because we're thankful for it, we say, thanks be to God. Luke chapter 22. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules, like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer. I give to you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel." Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm willing to go with you to prison at the death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He he said to them, But now if you have a purse, take it, and also a bag, and if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, you bore the weight of our sin. You took the cup of God's wrath and drank it all the way to death. You bore our sin and death all the way to the cross and paid the price for all of it. For this we praise you. So now, Lord Jesus, help us to carry the weight, bear the burden that you have given each one of us to carry. To that end, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let it all be pleasing in your sight. You, Lord Jesus, are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Peter, you know, when you think about it, Peter was finally getting from Jesus what he had always wanted. When, When Jesus looked at Peter, he turned to him and he said, strengthen the brothers. It was like Jesus was finally affirming Peter into that role, that responsibility that Peter had always wanted. Remember, Peter's the outspoken spokesman for all the disciples. When nobody else talks, Peter has something to say. And granted, Peter doesn't always get it right, but he, he always wants to be out front. He always wants to be the speaker. He wants to be the leader. Peter was one of the inner three of Jesus' disciples. It was Peter, James, and John who were right there with Jesus at the most important, the biggest, the most intimate moments of Jesus' life. It was Peter, James, and John with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was Peter, James, and John when Jesus raised the little girl from the dead. They witnessed things. He witnessed things that some of the other disciples didn't get to see. Peter wanted to be the leader, and they were having this debate among them. Who is the greatest among them? And I can only imagine Peter saying, hey, guys, look, it's me. I'm the outspoken spokesman. I've been with Jesus at those most intimate moments. It's me. And, and then Jesus turns to him and says, Peter, strengthen the brothers. <coughs> Haha! yes, Jesus, I get to do that thing. I get to be the leader. I get to be the, the caretaker, the little under-shepherd of these other disciples. These poor little disciples who are wandering away, I get to be their leader. He wanted some responsibility, some leadership, some Greatness. And isn't that the case when you start to think about yourself and your place in life? Isn't it that thing that, that you want? I thought really, really hard about this this last week, and, and, I, and I, I, prove me wrong. I don't think there's a single person in this room who can say, I don't want that. Because even though we, we all want some level of responsibility and leadership, Because even if we don't want to be the CEO or the president or the Grand Chief Chief High Mucky Muck Grand High Puba, even if we don't want that, in our own little corner of the world, we all want our little bit of leadership and responsibility. What is it that our kids always say to us? Let me decide. Let me make my own decisions. I don't want to go to bed now. I'm too old for that. We want to own, they want to own cars. They want to do what they want to do. They want to stay out as late as they want to stay out. They want some level of responsibility and leadership. And I, can, I know this is, this is not true for everyone, but many desire the, the role and responsibility of husband or wife. You want to enter into the estate of marriage. It's maybe something that parents, you pray for your kids. It's maybe that young people, it's something that you pray for in your life. It's Those of you who are married, it's something that you've prayed for. You want the responsibility, the leadership of being a spouse. And maybe you even pray for kids. These little people that you get to boss around. Right? You, we want the responsibility, the leadership of, of taking care of little people in our house and, and caring for them. We, we love that and we long for it. We, we, we want rights and responsibilities in this country of ours, right? As citizens, we, we want that responsibility. We want to have a greater say about the way things go in our city, our, our state, our nation. See, I challenge you to prove me wrong I, I, at some level. We all want some sort of responsibility. Even the lowest person on the totem pole says to their boss, just leave me alone and let me do my job. But isn't it also true that, whether we can, we can debate this later too, whether it was Uncle Ben who said it first to Spider-Man or whether it was Voltaire, the, the French writer, who said, with great power, comes great responsibility. What we sometimes forget when we say, I want the responsibility, I want the leadership, I want the greatness, we forget what kind of burden that places on us. Shakespeare said the same thing in Henry IV, I think it was. Heavy is the head, or in Shakespeare, it was uneasy is the head that wears the crown. In in other words, because of the burden of responsibility, because of the weight of that role, We can't sleep. And isn't that why Peter pushed back against Jesus when he said, Jesus, I'll even die? Because what did Jesus say to him? When you have turned back, See, there's an underlying assumption when Jesus lays this responsibility on Peter that, Peter, you're going to fail in this role. You're you're going to fail as a leader among the disciples. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, no, because Peter understood two things. Responsibility meant two things. One, a great responsibility and burden toward the other people and constant faithfulness. And Jesus was prophesying about Peter that he was going to drop the ball no, Jesus, I'll never do that. Yeah, you will. And, and, and it's not too long, is it, where our, when our kids, right, they want to be adults, where they want to have a little more responsibility and freedom when they quickly realize how much that costs them. You want a car, right? Well, now there's gas, and there's insurance, and there's repairs, It's like a money pit that just eats your money. Kids don't ever want a car because it's it's crazy expensive, right? There's a responsibility that comes with that. The responsibility that that comes with making choices about food and housing and clothes and managing a budget that's massive. There's a reason that adult has become a verb because it's so hard. And so is being a parent. Don't get me wrong. I love all the kids that God's given me to take care of. I love them all dearly, but they sure do keep me up at night. And parents, you too. The responsibility of taking care of little people and big people in your home is massive. First of all, it's it's massive enough just to make sure they have food and clothes and the basic stuff. That's enough. And then the Lord lays this added burden on you to make sure they grow up to know the Lord. You have spiritual responsibility, an eternal responsibility. It counts. It matters. I love my kids. But that's a burden. So is marriage. I love my wife. I love every minute of our marriage and I look forward to every moment more. But when Jesus looks at me as a husband and he says you love your wives like Christ loved the church, Whew. die for her? Take care of her like you take care of your own body? Put her first? Give up everything you want for her? I love to do it, but it's hard. And wives, you too, it's just as hard. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord? Whew but my husband, you say. But there the Lord again has laid a, a burden, a, a responsibility on you to submit to your husbands as to the Lord, citizenship. Can we talk briefly about that? I love this country. I love being a citizen of this country, but has not the Lord placed a burden on us as Christian citizens who live here? To care about what's happening, to be properly involved and engaged and knowledgeable about what's happening here, it's a burden too. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I could do this with every single role that each one of you fills. If we had enough time, I'd look at each one of you if I knew your story well enough and say, this is your job. Even the sanitation worker, the the low, sorry, sanitation workers are not lowly. Sorry, I just made a bad connection. Please separate that. If you feel like your job doesn't matter, it does. the sanitation workers don't do their job, we'll have more rats. We already have some, but we'll have more right? Each and every role, each and every responsibility, even what, what you would consider the lowest of the low, you're saying to yourself, I don't matter, you have a job, and if you don't do your job, everything falls apart. Each role, no matter what it is, it's there on the screen, carries a heavy weight of responsibility. And it's not just the work required of that role, it's the constancy of that role. You don't ever stop being a parent even at four in the morning. You don't ever stop being a husband even at one in the morning. You never stop being called to do what God calls you to do. Our Savior Jesus felt that. Just consider Luke that we read a second ago. Here he was. This is Holy Week. This is Monday, Thursday. The, the night that Jesus gives his disciples his last will and testament, the night he gives them the Lord's, what we call the Lord's Supper or communion. He's giving them this meal. He's saying last will and testament kinds of things. I'm about to die, guys. And there are the disciples off in their little corner, who's the greatest? I could just... I don't think Jesus did this, but if Jesus were more like me, he'd be like, come on, guys, can't you get it together just once? I need you right now, and you're going to do this? Jesus didn't do that, though. He bore the weight of his role. Remember, he is the Christ. He's anointed into that role. That's what Christ means, by the way. He's anointed to be king. Christ, Savior. Even in, in that moment, Jesus intervenes with his disciples and, and tries. I don't think they got it. They, it was a learning thing for them. He tries to teach these stubborn disciples about what greatness and leadership and service is all about. And, and you see Jesus, right? He's bearing this responsibility for in such a deep way that when he, when he knows he enters into God's heavenly counsel, it's a little bit like Job in this section, where the angels come to God and, and Satan says, I want to sift Simon, I want to sift si- Peter like wheat. Right there up in God's private council, Satan's right there trying to sift Satan, and Jesus is right there too, interceding. Remember how he said that? Simon, Sider, Simon, Simon, Satan is this, asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. When you have turned back, strengthen the brothers. He, he's right there. He's right there with his disciples. He's right there interceding for them. He's right there dying for them. He's right there stepping in for them. He's doing for them what they could not do for themselves. And it's not just in the moments. It's what Jesus sees as coming. Do you see how the burden of his office crushed him? This role of Christ... The weight of the world's sin on him. He, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples and he's seeing and he's starting to feel the weight of it all. And he, and he, sees, he sees Pilate and his scourge, and he sees the Jews and their abuse. He sees the mockery of the crowds. He sees the cr- pain of the cross coming before him. It's in vivid color for him. And he feels the weight of it all, but it's not just that. It's not just the scars that he'd receive on his back or the the wounds that he'd receive in his his hands or his side. It's not just the verbal abuse. It's the weight of sin. He saw his father holding out a cup toward him, a cup full of (laughs) wrath and judgment. He saw his father holding out that cup to him and saying to his son, drink it. And Jesus said, Father, it's too much. Take it away if you will. But he wouldn't. Jesus was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. The weight was so much. And yet he bore it. His father reached out the cup and he took it. And he drank it all the way to the bottom, all the way to get the little little bits of wine that are left in the bottom of the cup. Every little bit of God's wrath that should have been yours, he drank it to the bottom so there is no more wrath for you. No more punishment for you. No more judgment for you. No more condemnation for you. He bore that responsibility all the way and he still does. See, after drinking that cup, what did he do? He died. died. After three days, he rose again. After 40 days, he ascended into heaven. And what's he do there? Present tense. What's he do there? He rules. See, Jesus is most and only interested in your eternity, most and only interested in your salvation. So there he sits at God's right hand, ruling all things for you. The weight of ruling the world... And your little life as part of it is under his constant gaze and attention. And he's still intervening and interceding and, and bending evil for your good. See, the true and full responsibility for everything about your life, from the littlest thing like bread to the biggest thing like heaven, is his to handle, and I'd say he does a pretty good job. So what does this all mean? We have burdens, they're hard, and we drop the ball. Jesus had burdens and he didn't drop the ball. I mean, at the very basis we can say something like this, that we're forgiven. But I think there's more to it than that. That's the most important thing. Don't get me wrong. That's the biggest and most important thing. But I think there's something else. And, and it, the something else is this. Jesus calls us as we kind of wrestle with this our burden and Jesus' burden ruling all things. There's a, there's a both and. See, we try to separate things and say, well, it's this or it's this. We try to separate the, the tension. And one of the things Jesus calls us to is to hold those two things together. It's, it's a both and. So it's, it's both this. It's both true and fu- full responsibility as Jesus is Jesus's. Right, the true and full responsibility for your eternity, the true and full responsibility for everything in your life, the true and full responsibility for forgiveness, the true and full responsibility for your children, the true and full responsibility for your spouse, the true and re- full responsibility for our country. just check the list. The true and full responsibility for all things is his. And weighty responsibility is mine and yours. I still have to get up on Monday morning and get ready for a sermon next week. Teachers, you still have to get up on Tuesday morning, get tomorrow off, and get ready to teach those kids. (coughs) Parents, you still have to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning when your kid is sick. Husbands, you still have to love your wives and take care of her. Wives, you still submit to your husbands like the, Christ, like the church to Christ. We still have to get up and do our job, right? Both and. He's in charge. He makes sure everything functions. He makes sure everything happens the way he wants it to for salvation. And we have work to do. So maybe it works like this. We have a job to do, but the way it turns out is up to him. We have work to do, but the results are his we have work, He does the results. Jesus calls us to live in the both and. Where this takes us then is the second one. We have heavy is the head that wears the crown. Right? That's heavy. Parents, it will keep you up at night because you're praying for your kids or because they're sick and you're taking care of them. The work and the responsibility of everything in our life, it's, it's a heavy thing. It'll keep us up just like it'll weigh us down, like, just like it weighed Jesus down in the garden, right? overwhelming us with, with sorrow anxiety. Whatever it is, as we live our lives for Him, heavy is the head that wears the crown and light is the heart that sits at Jesus' table. There's a really cool verse that I think gets missed in this and we don't have the time to unpack it today, but I'll leave it with you and hope that you think about it a little bit. It's a really cool verse in the middle of this. It's verse, it's verse 29 and 30. After, after putting his disciples in their place and saying, listen, you guys should work at the table. You should be servants while other people are eating. He says this to them. I can't underestimate how cool this is. And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. As we work, and we have work to do, yes, as we work and labor and bear the burdens our God has given us, we do so knowing that we already have a seat at God's table. Knowing that we already are members of His kingdom. I confer on you a kingdom. And I've set a seat for you at my table with your name on it. Can you imagine that? Light is the heart that sits at Jesus' table, where he serves us and cares for us and saves us and forgives us like a shepherd caring for sheep, streams of water flowing from him. So hold these things in tension. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. We have work to do. But light is the heart our hearts that sit at Jesus' table. Amen.